Hello and welcome to the Fabulous at 50 podcast, celebrating a vibrant global community of women over 50 through entertaining interviews that will inspire, educate, and empower. Your host, Joanne Nuaduck, was born to nurture and promote vibrance. Joanne is both the Community Director for Calgary, Canada, and oversees the global operations for Fabulous at 50. As an oncology nurse, integrative practitioner in multiple modalities, life skills mentor and manager, Joanne moves people from challenging situations to positive outcomes through the use of her innate gifts and learned skills. Here's your host, Joanne Nuaduck. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Fabulous at 50. I have a marvelous guest here today who's just a ball of fire. We've been having such great conversation before I even hit record. So I'm so looking forward to hearing the tips and tricks and and just getting to know the woman behind this incredible success. In just a moment, I'm going to bring her on. But for now, I want to share a little bit about this amazing woman. Colleen Hammond is a former network news anchor and Miss Michigan turned executive image consultant and personal brand strategist. For over 35 years, she has been teaching women how to figure out what to wear, to look and feel fascinating. Past clients include actors, CEOs, moms, entrepreneurs, and a recent U.S. presidential candidate. Colleen, welcome to today's show. I'm so glad you could join us. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. Now tell me where you are calling in from and how warm it is there compared to where I'm located. (laughs) I'm actually in North Texas. So just outside of Dallas. And you know what? I don't even know the temperature here today, quite frankly. (laughs) I haven't been outside yet. I think it's, let me see, for us, it's in the fifties. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's a little bit warmer than it's when you are freezing. Well, yeah. we've been going up and down actually, but I, there's, it's just this common joke that of course, you know, like Canada is freezing and snow all year round, which we aren't. But what I do love is that at least when it's wintertime and there's snow on the mountains, they are the most spectacular. It is beautiful. Now that's talking about, yeah. yeah, that's talking about the look of the mountains, but today we're going to start talking more about the look of us and how we present ourselves. Tell me, just share a bit about what what is a um, personal brand strategist? Yeah, it's it's hard to define. You know, it's one of those things. But it's every we all have a personal brand, and all a personal brand is the words that come to mind when somebody thinks about you. So, for example, if you think about Oprah, you have certain words that you think of. If you think about, you know, Kate Middleton, there's Mm -hmm. certain words that you think of. So you know, those are two different women, two different brands. So we all have a brand. So when you are in public, whether it be in your business or whether you're going to church or whether Mm -hmm. you're heading to school or whatever it is, there are words that come to mind about you that people think. So the goal is to strategize that. What words do you want associated with you, your company, your family, you know, or you in general? So mm-hmm. colors send those messages and uh, different styles send different messages. So what, what I do is I work with people to craft exactly the words that they want people to think about when they're thinking of them. And it. we do that with what they wear, the words that they choose to use, um, okay. how they present themselves. So it's 
a little bit different. You know, I used to say I'm an image consultant and a stylist, but we go so much deeper than that. That's, because not, that is different. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not just about what colors look good on you. Mm-hmm. It's, do you have the color that looks good on you? And is it sending the message that you want sent? So, mm-hmm. you know, like for example, red. So we think of red and there's different colors of red. So there's an orangey red, there's a blood, you know, like a bluish red, that's more of a crimson. And then there's Mm -hmm. a neutral red. So if you're going to, you want to wear the right red that is good for your skin and your eyes and your hair and and makes you look alive and not sickly. Absolutely. Um, But at the same time, red sends a different message. So depending on how much skin is showing, it can be sexual uh, but there, if you're not showing a lot of skin, it's a, it's a power color. Okay. But if you're, so, for, so for example, if you're going in for an interview and you know that men are going to be interviewing you, it's a good idea to wear a red blazer. Okay. If you're going in and you know that women are going to be interviewing for you, interviewing you don't ever wear red because oh, okay. women don't like other women when they're wearing red. 70, wow, there's so much psychology in yes. and yes, and there's like 78% of women don't like there's just this gut things that happens as a visceral level. They're like, I don't like her, and I don't know why. Wow. And it's not you're not showing cleavage and a lot of you're, you're doing the power color, right? You're wearing red and you've got a nice blouse on and a respectable earrings, and you're not wearing a mini skirt by any means. And but no, don't wear red if you're going in with other women. And if you have no idea who's interviewing you, is there a good wear blue? <laughs> right, wear you're blue. safe with blue. <laughs> this is fascinating. I love like those are great tips. And and what I'm hearing is, I mean, often I don't know. Even when I read this, I was thinking, oh, this will be for people like high powered people in business. But in reality, this can be for anyone. Like if you're going in, we all go in for interviews at different times for jobs and, and just how you want to show up in life. How do you want to show up as the best you? And then that there's that two way communication between who you're interacting with and how you want them to perceive you. So we can be more conscious about it. Right. And we do things like body language, presentation Mm -hmm. skills. Okay. Since all of us are on camera all the time now, right? Um, And I use my background in television and I can coach people on how to present themselves on camera, where the camera should go. What do you do about your background? What color should your background be? What do you put in your background? And it's all very strategic. Uh, Just like when you watch a movie, there's Mm -hmm. a reason, you know, if you're watching like an exorcism or something, but you don't know that, you you know, that's what the movie is about, but it's the beginning of the movie, but you see a a cross or a crucifix on the wall behind that's there for a reason. So it, and it's the same thing that we want to present ourselves in the best way possible. I had a client that was in sales and she goes, I don't know. I can't go out and meet with my customers anymore. I have to do it all on zoom. Yeah. And I said, well, there's ways that we can make you look really good. So she sent me kind of, we got on a zoom call and I, mm, okay, let's fix this. Let's fix that. Let's get yes. you this. Let's hook this up. Yes. I want you to switch, wear this next time. Don't wear this. Be careful about this. You know, and we just, we tweaked her and her boss at their next business meeting said, Hey, I don't know what it is about you, Karen, but you look amazing. Oh, you know, and he yeah. said, I want you to talk to this new client. And so she talked to him, got the job, got the thing, you know, she ended up getting promoted within six weeks. That's you know, impressive. Yeah. Because That's everything impressive. now is on camera. You got to know what you're doing. 
And now, okay, so I, I have to touch base on this because it's just too fun is there's so many jokes around there. Basically, people just dress from the waist up and oh. all these jokes are people are showing up without whatever <laughs> going on. But I have to say when I do, because you and I have not met in person before, right. Right? when I knew that I was going to be interviewing you, I often, I'm going to give away a secret. I'll put on whatever nice sweater or blouse or so that I want to wear. And I am dimes to dollars probably wearing my yoga pants because they're the most comfortable. I started to come downstairs to do this. I went, no, I went back up to get my leather pants on. I'm going, oh, I have a cute little outfit and it's got like a cute little bottom. And I'm going, I I actually, would you agree with this? That even, even if your whole body is not being seen, how you are fully dressed and show up and, you know, whether you're putting some makeup on or not, it exudes in your mannerisms and, and talking to people. Would that be a fair insight? Yeah, there's actually a scientific term for that. It's called oh. clothed cognition. Clothed cognition. In, in clothed, like E-N-C-L-O-T-H-E-D. Okay. In clothed cognition. Yeah. So they did some studies. And so what they did is uh, it's huge. And they've done this study so many times because people are like, really? And they keep doing this study. So there's a lot of scientific backing to this. But they put uh, people, men and women, in a, they gave them a white coat a white jacket, like a blazer type thing. And some people, they said, this is a doctor's jacket. Other people, they said, this is an artist's smock. And then they had the control group. They didn't tell them anything. They just gave them the white jacket. So you, you know, the white kind of thing that we're talking about. So it's like a lab coat or it can be a a, a smock. I'm a nurse. There you go. <laughs> Definitely know it. I'm going, oh, I got the medical side of this one. Yeah. Got it down. So then they gave people artistic tests and cognitive, did testing for um, math tests and science tests and art tests and everything. The people who thought they were wearing an artist smock did phenomenally better on all the artistic portions of the test and really? not on the math portions, the math and science. And the people who thought they were wearing a doctor's lab coat did much better on the math and science portions of the test and did not do well on the artistic portions. So they've done different studies with different outfits. You behave and think about yourself based on what you're wearing. Wow. So it's a two-way street. You dress to impress other people, right? You're sending that message. There's that personal brand. But also what you wear has to be true to who you see yourself as or who you want to be. So I know those days. To impress yourself, really. (laughs) Exactly. Because you will will act differently based on what you're wearing. So. Yeah. And so when I'm working with clients, it's funny that you brought, we have, we didn't even discuss this, but (laughs) that's exactly what I talk to my clients about. You know, when you are there and you're going to be on a call presenting to your boss or to a new client or whatever, head to toe, dress the part and you will behave differently. Um, It's just scientifically proven. It's called enclosed cognition. It's fascinating. Enclosed cognition. I love that. That's I think. I mean, I've heard of ones where you know when you're having a conversation with someone, smile. They will hear your smile. You know. So that was I was mentioning before that I'm a nurse, and when I'm working at the cancer center, sometimes I'm on what we call phones, which is a hotline for our patients to phone in when they need support, and we need to be able to 
um, you know, transmit, I guess, um, mm-hmm. are caring and, and, you know, making them feel secure and, com- and so forth. And so we get a little bit of training on that. And I'm fascinated too, with the, the clothing bit. You know, my mind also even is going to like children and schools, you know, it's probably a reason why private schools often have uniforms. So if you're dressing up a little bit more, I know that like by the end of the day, it's like the tie strangling their neck and everything's all disheveled, but you know, you step up to what you step up and into what you're wearing. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies found that, you know, remember they do the casual Fridays bit, right? A lot of companies got rid of that because they found productivity went down so much more on Fridays after they instituted casual Fridays, because when you're dressed more casual and more comfortable, they found that people's work was sloppier. It wasn't Mm -hmm. as detailed. They didn't get as much done because they were more relaxed. So everything what's going on now in the world with so many of us working from home now and, and on zoom calls, you know, it'll be fascinating to see the studies that come out of that. Yeah. I I actually have seen a couple so far. And uh, initially when the, you know, the quarantine and the pandemic and everything started back in March of 2020, everybody's productivity went down and because people get, you know, people were sitting on the sofa for six weeks watching Netflix. I mean, you know, the, the big joke was I got to the end of Netflix. I've now watched all of Netflix, you know, <laughs> but they My life didn't change that much. As far as what I work, I'm still going, Oh, tell me good movies to be watching. <laughs> I hey, I just watched some good ones. We'll talk about that later. Okay. But anyway. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so then, then people started working from home. So now we don't have sick days. People aren't, calling in for sick days. They were concerned that productivity was going to go down, but they found that people, when they sit down to work, they got work done and then they got up and did whatever, but they they are seeing in some instances where productivity is actually higher. So it's interesting. Companies like Dropbox have completely gotten rid of their um, in-person space and have gone to all remote and more and more companies are doing that. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. Um, Now, because we're talking about Zoom calls here, which a lot of people have gone to, and I know there's many other conference calling. uh, This just happens to be what we're we're using is is so convenient. Can you give us a few tips? You know, I know that, you know, the the listeners here, we have a whole wide range of some are are business women or entrepreneurs, some are working for a company and in corporate, you know, and, and there might be others that are going, ah, forget this, I'm retired or so forth. But they're still showing up on Zoom calls for gatherings all the time. Like I, I know very few people that aren't on some kind of conference call. So what would be some tips specifically to showing up um, and, and are there any specific ones for women, you know, more in midlife and in their fifties, what should we be thinking about? Good lighting, <laughs> good lighting will make you look younger. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, that's a number one thing. I mean, I have, I have more of a set here, you yeah. know, so I have a hair light, oh, you know, oh. so you can see the light coming down here. Um, but I think the most, the easiest thing is just to get a ring light okay. you get an 18 inch ring light. And 18 inch is what you recommend. Yeah. The, the, and, where the, the phone can fit in the middle. And well, you've got, you've got the kind that can just clip on, you know, and, and yeah. fit on your phone. You can use those if you're just going to be using a phone. And if you're just using a phone, please, please, for the love of all that is holy, get a tripod because, yes. no, you know, there's nothing, you know, this bouncy around thing <laughs> now. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. I was on a call. I'm just going to interject this. It was Uh a call with several women. Someone else was hosting it. I was an attendee. And, um, but one of the women within it must've been holding her phone and it was like bounce. I was just like, I actually was trying to secretly message those going, can you tell her to shut her camera off? I'm getting dizzy. Right. It's not fair. <laughs> like just anchor it somewhere. I'd rather have not a great angle, but anchored. Yeah. Well, and okay. So that there brings up the second part is to keep it your lens at eye level or above. Yes. And that will help reduce any look of any, you know, lines. It also and helps with, um, you know, like if I move my, I know people are listening, so they're not just watching, but we're playing around with the angle of glasses and what we're looking at. Yes. If I go up, you like my, Right. You have all the reflection on my glasses and just having it at the right angle here. Yes. And, you know, I know my, my set can be improved. I'm waiting for my new banner to come and then it there will you go here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's better to have like what you have behind you, like yes. the trifold yes. as opposed to looking at somebody's room behind them. Yes. You know, rooms can be very distracting. That's why I have a very simple background. Um, yes. And then the, the color is different, okay. but the, the, if you get a good ring light, And keep your camera lens at eye level or above on a tripod. (laughs) And so it's not moving. I think those are the two most important things because most people will flip open their laptop and use that little camera that's on the laptop that ends up being about six inches below their eye level or sometimes even more than that. Just Mm -hmm. take your laptop and put it on a stack of books. I have like top clients out in Hollywood that can afford a tripod. I mean, tripods are $30 if, you know, and that's a pretty decent one. Um, and they use a stack of books. They're like, nah, I don't feel like getting a, tri-. you know, I'll just grab a stack of books and throw my laptop on top of it. Are, are there actual tripods for, for laptops though? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can get a, and they're, they're, they're cooling stands as well. So you can, yes, because oh. if your your CPU, your usage is going to be a little bit higher when you're yeah. You know, so it'll have a cooling fan on it, but it also brings it up higher. And I think the one that I recommend to my clients in my look good on camera course, I think is $40 maybe US. Yeah. yeah. I know the kind, it's not truly a tripod, but it's like a stand that raises it up or right. Yeah. yeah, you can get yeah. it, uh, you know, the, the one that I recommend goes either from, you know, you can, it's adjustable, so you can adjust it for, and it's also good if you want to set it on a desk and stand, because we sit so much and, you know, sitting is the new smoking. So I know, well, we think up more. Fabulous at 50, you know, membership and the courses we do, there's always an element of movement and how we need to be moving and caring for our bodies. And I actually, I'm going to take this conversation in that direction for a minute. You and I were talking just before, and I was saying, you know, what I love to ask is just um, when you, when you entered your fifties, was there a time point where you suddenly went, something's different now. Life has changed for me, whether it's psychologically or physically. Did you have one of those moments? I did, but it wasn't at 50. I know a lot of people like they hit the big five. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm 50. I'm halfway there, you know, or, or yeah. more than halfway there. My goal is like 120. So I'm not halfway there yet. Um, That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I, I kind of thought like my husband was, I want to throw you a big party when you turn 50 and no, it's a number. And I don't want to give that number power. 
mm-hmm. because it's just a number. Mm-hmm. So and at the time I was taking care of my father when he was dying. And mm-hmm. um, so that was a whole lung cancer thing. And then after, you know, so it was like one thing after another, then my mom got ill. And, and, and so I put a lot of my own, and if anybody is ever, I mean, we're all at that age, I'm 58, almost 59. And we're at the age now where our parents, if they haven't passed, you know, they may be experiencing health problems. And um, my mother had Alzheimer's, you know, she was, uh, she was early stages Alzheimer's. She was late mm-hmm. onset and she was only at like level three, if you know anything about that. But um, yes. she was not that, no, she wasn't that bad. I know people now that are taking care of, a friend of mine's taking care of her father-in-law as he's at six. He doesn't even remember his own name. Um, he he can't read anymore. He can't identify colors anymore. So it was a little bit different. So my mom wasn't quite that bad, but being a caretaker, it's exhausting and it takes everything out of you and you tend to put all your own needs on the back burner. And that's what I did. So that by the time I finally kind of got to the point where we got my mother settled, I was 55 going on 56. And I suddenly felt very, very old. Okay. And that's when it hit me, but it was years of not taking care of myself and putting somebody else. So if you're my recommendation to everyone that I know and my friends is if you are in a position where you become that caretaker, you must take care of yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I got so many more gray hairs in those short, short years. Um, And then, you know, then I went through my own physical change. And so, you know, went through menopause and everything. Uh, I barely even noticed it. I was so busy. You know, so that was a good thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Except when you wake up one day and you just think, you know, what I'm, what am I doing? What do I need to be doing? And that really, you know, is the premise, a lot of the premise of Fabulous at 50, as you know, it's about, it's our turn now. It's time. We're, we're like, we're still relevant. I, I know so many women that get to in their fifties and suddenly are like, Oh, I'm just going to crawl under a rock now. And they don't really feel relevant in life. And it's like, you need to create your own destination. If you're at a point where you want to retire and relax and, and reap the benefits of what you've done, but still be out there and adventure and taking on something new and learning. And if, if that taking on something new is learning about your own body and your own health and your own mindset, then that's fantastic. And it sounds like that's what you've done because you certainly don't look like a woman that's burnt out from um, caregiving right now. You look really like you're just a ball of energy. So what what sort of happened or what was your secret there? Um, I had to learn how to sleep. Mm-hmm. And sleep is so important. And now they're saying there's so many things that you can do because it's so good for your brain. And, you know, that all the cleansing that your brain goes through when you get that good seven, eight, nine hours of sleep. And most of my life, I was like, yeah, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Ha ha. Right. Um, That's not funny. (laughs) I know now. (laughs) I actually remember telling someone that and they were blown away because I said, well, I, what people don't realize is there is actually biological waste product through thinking and our functions all day long. And that at night when we sleep, that gets flushed away. That's why we need our water and we need our sleep and we need that. And this woman is, she's a bit of a comedian. She, started, she was just like, I had no idea that by the end of the day, my brain is truly garbage, right? Like, and I need to <laughs> clear 
figure it out and hormones and everything else. So you learn to sleep, which is. I had to learn to sleep and to take power naps. Um, also called NASA naps where you sleep for 15, 20 minutes in the afternoon. And it's even if, and then meditation, I didn't realize how important meditation was. I can't survive now without getting my morning, definitely my morning app meditation. And sometimes I can get an afternoon and an evening meditation in as well. Um, but that's so important to, to zero out your brain because my brain's always going. Um, and I think that's a, that's a woman thing too. Um, there's always those jokes online. It's like, you know, when the wife says, honey, I'm going to go to bed now. And then an hour and a half later, even because she wrote a note, she emptied the dishwasher, she did did that. And then the husband says, I'm going to bed now. And he does, right. He just goes to bed. But we, as women, we, we multitask. I think it's to do with all the hormones we have. Yeah. Um, I think it's evolutionary. Like I was talking (laughs) to my husband about the other day, like if you really go back into, I don't know, caveman day, typically they the men were out hunting and the women had to be they were back and tending the kids and tending the fire and making sure you know they weren't getting eaten by whatever predator was around the camp so evolutionary and and yes in our hormones we have developed in different ways yes you know it's just we do different things and and so and being a caregiver and and women tend to be the person that you know, when, when my children are in trouble, they call their mother. I, you know, that's just the way it is in my family. And I know a lot of people are that way. So I had to learn self-care and self-care is not about, you know, it can be going and getting your nails done, going and get a massage, I highly recommend massages. That was the other thing that I've learned. Um, it can be that, but self-care isn't bubble baths and, and manicures. Self-care exactly. is, are you eating the right foods? Yeah. And if you know, having cheesecake tastes good, but then the dairy is a problem for you or sugar is a problem for you or whatever. And you don't feel good later. Don't do that to yourself. And it's personal integrity. Why do we treat other people better than we treat ourselves? And then there's all that self-talk. Yes. You know, we say things to ourselves that we would never say to our children. Exactly. Why did you do that? You would never say that to your children. I know. I'm like, oh, I'm such a failure. You know, you would never say that to your children. So how we speak to ourselves and there's so many things I've learned and, and I, I try to share it with my clients and, and, and share it with my children and like, don't make the mistakes that I made. But I think that self-care is really important. You know, I love that you're going down this path. We're getting close to the end of our conversation, but I'm like, I'm here and I started to laugh when you were saying that. And I'll tell you why it's because I'm like, I'm listening to myself. Like you are saying all this that you are actually, I I'm just going to set you up as the poster child for fabulous at 50, because this is what we preach in a sense. This is what we advocate for. This is what we hold space for the women that come to us. Either a, they are learning it and they want um, a community of self like-minded women to say, yeah, this is what we believe in. And it's our turn now. And some are coming going, I've never considered that it was okay to put myself on the plate as well. So, and you are, I mean, just to look at you, you just look amazing. You've got a a fantastic career, which I know can't be easy right now with everything going on in the world. And, um, but you're, you're out there and you, you have this in liveliness about you that is just amazing um but before I let you go because I don't want to let you go I want to just keep having a great conversation here um 
can you share with us, you, you've given lots of tips, but what would be like your top three tips to women in their, in their fifties? Top three life has just begun would be the number one. Yeah. I think that too many people are like, oh, I'm an empty nester now. It's time to die. No, it's time to leave a legacy. Uh, A woman that really inspires me, her name is Joan. It's like work out with Joan. She started lifting weights and working out when she was 73. Awesome. Now she's 76, I think, and has a whole business. That's fantastic. You know, so it's never too late. So I want to leave a legacy to my family. And, and I want at the end of my life, I want my grandparents to come or my grandchildren to come and they want to be with May May. They want to be with their grandmother um, because grandma's fun because she goes yes. and does things um, and being able to get up and down off the floor so that you can be on the floor with you. So I, I think when we hit 50, I think that's when life be, just begins because we don't care as much what people think about us anymore. I've been yeah. there, right? So what the heck, you know, um, and I think this is a great time to start a business and, and especially now, because we can all work from home. We don't have to be out driving around. So to dig deep inside and go, there's so much that we know, there's so much that we've been through that we have the, uh, the, that ability to share with other people. So I I think overall, I think that's the one big thing is that we have this wisdom and we don't really care that much anymore what people think, whatever, you know, and to be able to find that one thing that we're really, really good at and go share that with other people, uh, whether it's in a business or in a volunteer situation. Absolutely. Amazing advice. Thank Amazing you. advice. Colleen, it has been such a joy to have a conversation with you here on the Fabulous of 50 podcast. And I do hope that you'll come back one day, maybe next year we can um, have another conversation where we'll drop all the backgrounds, you know, and and we'll do it outside. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Or face-to-face. That's right. That'd be great. You can be face to face and visit. You're welcome to come up to Canada anytime. But thank you so much for being on today's show. Before I let you go, if someone wants to get in touch with you, wants to learn more about what you're teaching, you mentioned you have some courses. Can you please share with us how they reach you? Yeah, the best way is uh, just go to my website, ColleenHammond.com. And pretty much everything lives there. And you can find me on social media all over the place. It's Colleen Hammond. <laughs> so, Excellent. And of course, it'll be posted in the show notes. Fantastic. So thank you again. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us today and, and hope to see you again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to the Fabulous at 50 podcast with your host, Joanne Neweduck. Join us again for more inspirational interviews on topics that matter to you. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, check out the liner notes or to learn more about this vibrant community that celebrates women over 50, please visit fabulousat50.com. That's www.fabulousat50.com.